Welcome to Cinema Convos. This is the show where we bring guests with different tastes in film. I'm your host, Yash, and I'm here with our special guest, Kieran. And today we're discussing the film Casino Royale from 2006, directed by Martin Campbell and is starring Daniel Craig and Eva Green and Mads Mikkelsen. Can't leave them out. (laughs) And before we get started today, just wanted to issue a quick spoiler warning. If you haven't seen this movie, um, we recommend watching the movie before checking out this episode. And with that, I wanted to ask you, Kieran, what's your first memory or best memory with this movie? It's a good question. Let me start off by saying first, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. There are so many great things about this movie and I'm really excited to talk about all of them. Mm-hmm. My first memory with this movie actually, even though you mentioned it came out a while ago, 2006, mm-hmm. I believe you said. I didn't see yeah, it. I, de- I definitely didn't watch it that year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same. I've never really, I guess, been into the Bond films so much. So I didn't know too much about them and I wasn't keeping up with them. So I didn't watch it when it first came out. I watched it quite recently, maybe within the past year. And it still like easily rose to like my favorite movie. I think I watched it maybe two or three times. And after the third time, I was like, yeah, this is definitely my favorite movie. Because each time that I came back to it, I felt like I was seeing something new or like a small detail that I missed in a previous watching. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a really great sign. Of a, of a good movie that you can keep finding small things that you missed and it's just freaking cool so easily yeah. number one movie yeah it's um for me i had not seen a single bond movie until around when skyfall was in theaters i remember and some of our mutual friends can attest to this but i just went to school and everyone's talking about skyfall skyfall mm. is so good and i'm mm-hmm. just like you know maybe i should get on this franchise and but but I'm also the type of person that for any movie series, whether it's bad entries or good entries, I have to watch the whole series. Like I could not watch Skyfall without watching Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. It just would mm. bother me because I hate having like missing pieces. So what I did was I just checked on cable, and both films were on TV. I DVR'd them, and you know I checked them out, and then I watched Skyfall later on. But yeah, um, Casino Royale, I think it's one of the movies that, like you said, as I've watched it again, I've grown to appreciate it more. I remember when I first watched it, I thought it was, I mean, it's kind of hard to follow because I was a lot younger, but like now it's like, this is a very like intelligently made action movie. Mm. And, you know, it kind of sparked my interest in just the Bond franchise. And I remember the summer after I watched the first three Daniel Craig movies, which was the only ones at the time, I actually watched all of the Bond films in the official series. Mm. which is like what 20 at the time 23 oh films. my god <laughs> <laughs> um, you have too much time on your hands <laughs> yeah I was I, mean, I was still in high school um and it was summer break and the reason was because my my dad had purchased the like bond 50 box set which is the first 22 films oh, and I was wow. like it's a really nice set if it's still out there like worth the investment 22 films for like I forgot the price but it was it was a good deal like when you look at cost per movie and they're all blu-rays so I just watched all of them. And to be honest, you know, as a whole, I, I think Daniel Craig might be one, at least one of my favorite Bonds. He's really good in the role. Look, if the chief is that well connected, he knows who I am and where the money's coming from, which means he's decided to play me anyway. So he's either desperate or he's overly confident. But either way, that tells me something about him. And all he gets in return is a name he already has. And now he knows something about you. He knows you're reckless. Take the next one. There isn't enough room for me and your ego. And when you look at how Casino Royale came out after Die Another Day, it's like it was a much needed like change in tone because Die Another Day is a bad movie. And yeah. Casino Royale, I think, is the darkest Bond film to date. 
Yeah, I agree. It is really dark and gritty, which is one thing I love about it. And uh, mm-hmm. I can't really speak to the other Bond films because, like I said previously, I haven't seen them. So I, mm-hmm. I don't have the other actors, the other characters to kind of compare and contrast to Daniel Craig. Mm-hmm. But Daniel Craig's performance in this movie is amazing. There are so many scenes where he just knocks it out of the park. And I think there's actually like a lot of context to um, when you think about this movie because this is Daniel Craig's like first movie mm-hmm. as James Bond. Right. And uh, there was actually like apparently a lot of backlash when they heard that he was going to be James Bond for mm-hmm. the simple and very silly reason that he had blonde hair and mm-hmm. blue eyes. People wow. didn't want him to be James Bond just for that. So mm-hmm. people were very skeptical. Um, we're always skeptical this though. Movie. <laughs> yeah, they're always skeptical. They're very skeptical going into this movie and I can only imagine how they were blown away and like, mm-hmm. wow, <laughs> I was wrong. Cause I think he, anyone, he proved any doubters that they were wrong with that performance. Just to, just to shout out a couple people who were also doubted, just kind of a fun fact. When people heard Matt Damon was going to be Jason Bourne, they were baffled. The guy from Good Will Hunting, no way. Mm. And another one that, you know, really, really shows that skepticism shouldn't really matter is, you know, people were kind of concerned about Heath Ledger the Joker for a long time. Mm. They were not really sure if like, because he was mostly known for like dramas and comedy. Mm-hmm. And as we know, he, he blew us all away with his performance. But uh, yeah, um, Daniel Craig, as someone who's seen all the Bond films, you know, every actor kind of brought their own thing to it. Mm-hmm. There's a whole era that's like very cheesy, which is the Roger Moore era. <laughs> yeah, and, I've heard about those. <laughs> um, which, those are fun in their own way. But, you know, you watch, I watched those films and it's just amazing to me that Casino Royale is even in the same franchise as these films. Miss Anders, I didn't recognize you with the clothes on. You are very suspicious, Mr. Bond. Oh, I find I live much longer that way. Yeah, I, th- I think that, like, this movie, it really, one, it did two things. It For, like, the, the loyal Bond fans out there who have mm-hmm. been, like, keeping up with all the movies, it maybe kind of got them excited about Bond again because, like, mm-hmm. now here's a new take that really goes into building this character and showing growth and that he has to learn some hard lessons so it can it can reinvigorate the loyal fans and then for new people coming on to this movie for like the first time it really gets them excited about the bond franchise um just because the characters feel so human and it's dark and gritty and it's tense and there's lots of action the first part of the movie alone just like the the parkour scene when he's chasing that guy um throughout a construction site and then to the embassy like that that action sequence goes on for like seven or eight minutes and it is heart pounding and Mm -hmm. it's so cool because like you learn some things about bond just in that one sequence alone i feel like this is a movie that really did a great job of teaching you about the character through Mm -hmm. a lot of action versus dialogue like for a perfect example is like when he's chasing the guy through the construction site there's a scene where the guy i think he grabs a bar jumps up grabs a bar and swings through a tiny little opening to mm-hmm. get past a wall and then it cuts to bond who instead of doing the same thing he just like bursts through the wall like breaking it down and keeps the chase up and it's like you can see that bond here is like he's a force to be reckoned with once he has like you in his sights like he's a trained you know mi6 like killer assassin or whatever like, he will come after you and he's he's reckless like he'll put his own health or body at stake just to like get the job done 
for sure. I mean, I agree with you on that. How the movie this is the this is like a fresh start for the Bond franchise. Daniel Craig's franchise is separate from the other other series that have taken place, and this movie does do exposition really well. It and it, it doesn't do it in a conventional sense, like you said. It shows a lot of about who this character is with his actions, which is very interesting because a lot of like spy movies they'll be like, okay, this is the base, this is the guy. Like it just tells you all the information, but it just throws you into like a chase in like second scene and it's totally, yeah. totally works. You know, it's just the first hour of this movie is just nonstop relentless and the main plot hasn't even started yet. You know, it's just, it's one of those movies that for me, it's just, it's watching it again this week. It had been a while, um, but it's just, it's, I forgot how well paced it is. It just constantly yeah. moves. There's never a dull moment. Like for me, my favorite Bond films out of all of them are this one's my favorite and Skyfall is my second favorite. Which we'll get more into the sequels later, but you know the reason this one is above Skyfall. I just think this one is paced better. It just moves at such a relentless mm. pace, and you know Skyfall has its amazing moments, but there are a lot of moments that do feel slower. And it's part of the reason is that movie story is meant to be that way, I guess. But in Casino Royale, it's like even when they're just playing a card game, it's edge of your seat, exhilarating. I don't know. Mm. I don't know if you feel that way too. Yeah, I do. Like, I know people love Skyfall a lot for a lot of great reasons, too. You know, Adele's song for the film is absolutely amazing. And I think that was probably, like, when, like, she was, like, really popular at that time. There's lots of, like, beautiful, like, cinematography in the film, like, towards the end when, like, the house is on fire and, you know, they're running through the field and stuff. And, Mm. you know, there's that really iconic scene of, like, you know, M, who's been around the franchise for a very, very long time, you know, finally kind of retiring her role so Skyfall is great and I do love it and I would agree with you that is my second favorite but there's just something about Casino Royale that is it's it just it pushes it to that number one for me and I really think it's just because of like the character you see like Bond start off as like this arrogant kind Mm -hmm. of reckless agent at the end he's not the same person like he Mm -hmm. has gone through these different things that have changed him like one common theme throughout the whole movie is that like m and even vesper continuously tell him like you need to check your ego like you need to like Mm -hmm. do your job and check your ego because it keeps getting in the way like they play the voice of reason so many different times bond this may be too much for a blunt instrument to understand but arrogance and self-awareness seldom go hand in hand so you want me to be half monk half hitman any thug can kill i want you to take your ego out of the equation and to judge the situation dispassionately. I have to know I can trust you, and that you know who to trust. And since I don't know that, I need you out of my sight. And he loses out because he can't check his ego. Like, he loses really big to Lashif in the poker game because he has right. a big ego. And I feel like, too, like, there's a very, there's, just like, a sense of, like, luck in the movie and the plot as well mm-hmm. because he loses to Lashif, and he's like, what am I going to do now? Vesper's not going to give me the extra $5 million. And then he only is able to get back into the game because of the American CIA agent right. who stops him. But who stops him as Bond is going to go stab the guy? Bond, you got chill, bro. Cobra. Yeah. Yeah, he stops him. He's like, look, like we just want the dude. I'll give you my money. I'm going to get out anyway. I'm not that good a poker player, so I will spot you the money. So that's like crazy, you know? Like the the plot is so good, but I feel like we're jumping around. We should, we could like start from the beginning and like work our way through the plot. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, you're definitely right about how I mean, I agree with what you've said so far. Let me let me find a way to phrase this question well, and I have it. Do you just take a moment to thank the sponsor of this video? 
I wish there was a sponsor. Honey. Go to honey.com forward slash yash. Get 10% off. Oof, there's, that is not a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> Something that's kind of interesting about this particular Bond film is that it's directed by Martin Campbell, who also directed Goldeneye, which is another Bond film that's pretty well known. Pierce Brosnan's first outing. And I was just wondering if there was anything about his particular style that stands out to you in terms of how he directed it. Yes, yes. One of the first things that comes to mind is the very opening sequence. Mm-hmm. Like we start off the movie in black and white. Yeah. We see Even some the logos and everything. They're all black and white. Like it's yeah. really well. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it. I guess it kind of, you know, throws it back to some of the older style Bond movies. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a great idea. It was, it was a great direction to start the movie off black and white. And then we cut back and forth from Bond killing this random guy. You have no idea who he is. But I think we do know that double O's, they need to kill two people in order to get their double O status. So we see that he's already killed one guy. And this guy who we're currently following to his office is going to be the second one. So I love that they, he sits in the chair, you know, switches on the light, sees Bond sitting in the chair opposite of him. They chat for a little bit. You see that the guy in his chair has a gun in his desk and he whips it out, tries to kill Bond. And of course, Bond, Bond is already taken care of Yeah, he's already taken care of it. And he's, they're talking about like his first kill. And then within a short amount of time, he's mm-hmm. dead. And I th- one thing that I thought was interesting too is that like as Bond shoots this guy and gets his double O status, you see like a flash of like a family picture on his desk. Mm. It's such a small, quick detail, but I think it just kind of emphasizes the fact that Bond is like a cold-blooded killer. Like he's he, yeah. he's here because he has a job to do and he's going to get that job done because he definitely would have seen that picture when he went to his desk to, you know, take out the bullets from that guy's gun. So he knows that he's a family man, has a family waiting for him at home. And the mm-hmm. fact that he can still just shoot him with no hesitation just because it's his job is, I think it's really emphasized in that small little detail right there. Shame. We barely got to know each other. I know where you keep your gun. So is that something? How did you die? Your contact? Not well. Yeah. And then it cuts back to his first kill in that bathroom. And you see the guy's not dead. He picks up the gun, aims it at Bond, and then Bond does that classic iconic turn to the camera and shoot it. And the Mm -hmm. and the the barrel and then the blood drips down the scene, recolorizing everything, and then boom, the theme starts playing. And I think that's such a dope opening sequence. Yeah, um, that opening scene I think establishes that this this is no longer like a you know it's 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 been dark before. There's a few other films that explore darker subjects. There's one with Timothy Dalton, uh, License to Kill, which I think is severely underrated. Actually, it's a very it's it's like one of the first one of the earliest attempts of being gritty. I think in the Bond mm. franchise, but um, with this movie, it it opens with such a dark intense scene and it just it just kind of sets the stage that this is no longer like a campy spy franchise this is like this is a movie movie you know this is like this is next level yeah i love i love that scene i didn't notice the family picture that's a very small detail but now i'm gonna be looking for it next time i watch it Mm. um but yeah you're i mean you're right i think with the daniel craig franchise they kind of humanize him over the every movie Mm -hmm. they don't like in the beginning i feel like he is just like a stone cold killer but like like a spy without much emotion but because of the events that happen in this film 
and it's kind of what keeps going on. I think there, there's some depth along the way. Yeah. I really like the song and the intro in this movie, Chris Cornell's You Know My Name. Um, having seen all the Bond films, a lot of the a lot of the Bond themes are a bit slower, you know, a bit moodier, but this is just like a fast-paced like rock song. And it, it works for this movie because that's kind of the tone that's going on for like most of the movie, right? It's just moving so quickly. And it's so energetic, and I, and, it's, and like it, the song feels like it kind of has a grit to it in a way. Mm. So I don't know. It just it just fits. It just all works so well. I mean, I don't know how much the director had had to play with this, but in general, you know, props to whoever created the, the intros in this movie because oh my god, yeah, it's so, it's so cool. Like the way they use you know designs from playing cards to serve as bullets or like like as blood dripping. It's just really cool. It's a really really interesting you know visual feat. Yeah, there was actually two small details in that intro okay. sequence that I really liked. Is one like I think there's like a trail of spades, and then you see like mm-hmm. a hand pick up one of the spades and then like you see it loaded into the chamber of a gun and then shoot the bullet and that looks really awesome and then i think there's actually a part where it shows the queen of uh, either hearts or diamonds Mm -hmm. and then it shows vaguely like vesper's face yeah i think i got that as well and then half half of her face is like a a skeleton or something like that Mm -hmm. which i think is supposed to be foreshadowing that like she might die and these bond intros a lot of them are, are known to have some foreshadowing it's really smart how they do it because it never you might miss it your first time watching it but then watching it again you're like oh they're, they're telling me what's going to happen in this intro right so, yeah but for me um one thing about the directing that i think is worth pointing out it's kind of hard to men- it's easier to mention by comparing it to the next movie which is quantum of solace um oh, God. This, which is which is the worst you know craig film in my opinion it still has <laughs> some things going for it but the fact that it follows casino royale is just it's really devastating sometimes to watch it <laughs> uh, yeah but, um, i mean i could go into how much i don't like that movie but we'll, we'll stick to yeah. casino royale i mean yeah I, I, the reason i bring it up is because in quantum of solace a lot of the action scenes are just so poorly directed it's oh just, my god yes that's my main just, issue with it i felt like nauseous watching the action sequences because they're cut so many times so and many i have no idea what i'm looking at and it's just it's just chaotic to watch in this movie every action scene is easy to follow and it's exciting and you know what's happening Yes. It's not like cut, cut, cut. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the that's just the big reason that I like what the director did with this film. And in Quantum of Solace, it's just you know, a it's already like a pretty bland film compared to Casino Royale. And that when the action scenes are happening, you're just it's just it's just nauseating, as you said. It's just not always exciting to watch. Like the only time I find myself watching that film is if I'm going to watch all the Daniel Craig movies just to prep for like a new one. Which is actually I'm I think I'm planning on watching it this week, and I'm kind of dreading it. But I, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm like you know, I, always give, I always am like maybe it's better this time around it probably won't be but maybe uh, I don't know I've never I've never watched a movie and mm-hmm. thought to myself in the middle of the action sequence god I cannot wait for this to be over <laughs> like, like the action scene is scenes are like why you watch Bond films or like spy movies and when the action's not good it's just something's wrong yeah like I would be okay if the action wasn't as great as the first one but it still had like a really solid story mm-hmm. but unfortunately it didn't as well which is like to go back to casino royale which is another reason why i love it so much is because the action sequences are amazing 
and they're massive. They're usually something that you would see in the final act of a movie, mm -hmm. the scale that they have them. But we have the parkour one in the beginning, which is huge. And then like towards the middle, we have like the airport sequence mm -hmm. with the truck, which is another huge one. And then towards the end, we have it in Venice where he's mm -hmm. like chasing everybody and like buildings are collapsing and water is coming in and stuff like that. Three huge action sequences. And on top of that, the story, the dialogue, the directing mm -hmm. is like top tier. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it's just such a well-paced movie. And, you know, it's been a while since I watched Quantum, but my I remember just thinking like outside of just action scenes, the film fails to explore some of the stuff set up by Casino Royale because Bond is clearly dealing with some emotional trauma after everything that happens at the end of this movie. Mm. And it just kind of brushes it off and they, they move on, you know, not much happens in, in the middle at the time, middle chapter. It just it just baffles me that they're in the same franchise sometimes. And they, right. you know, in all Daniel Craig's films, I will give him this. He's always giving in his best with as far as acting goes. Yes. If the dialogue's not in his favor, I don't think it's his fault. I think he's doing what he can with what he's working with. In all yes, hundred percent. No, to the right, to the right, to the right. You are a funny man, Mister Bond. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> now the whole world's gonna know that you don't scratch your fucking balls. So yeah, you mentioned the three major action scenes in this movie, and I was just wondering if you had a favorite scene and why it's your favorite scene or if you wanted to break it down. Oh, easily the first one. Easily the parkour one. The parkour I scene? mean, yeah, I think it's like, it's such a great start to the movie. It's it's so like high energy, high octane, like really gets you excited about the movie. Mm -hmm. um, and it really, like I said earlier, teaches you a lot about who Bond is just through this mm -hmm. action sequence. He chases this guy so long and so far. And uh, one of my favorite scenes too is like when they finally get to the top of the crane, the guy tries to shoot him and realizes the gun is empty. So he just chucks it at Bond <laughs> and then Bond catches it and just chucks it right back at him. Like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, um, and then you see that Bond is resourceful because I think that the guy jumps from one crane to the next or he jumps from a crane to like a construction site and I think he's above Bond and then Bond he stands on these like these pipes or barrels or something and he flick, flicks this switch with his foot. And instead of like climbing up, it just like carries him up to the guy. And then like later when they're going through the construction site and that guy, you know, uh, slides that hole and then Bond just comes crashing through it. You see that like he's also reckless too. You know, maybe he's not as quick and nimble and agile as this other guy, but you know, he'll do what he is mm -hmm. going to do to get him. And he finally does. He finally catches him in the embassy and they go through that whole amazing sequence of like everyone's chasing them. Everyone's like shooting at him and yeah. he's just like, dragging this poor guy along <laughs> with him as they run through the embassy. He's throwing him through. Uh, like doorways and hallways and stuff like that and he's still managing to survive and shooting these other guys and mm -hmm. finally you think like it's over because they all have him surrounded and once again he, he kind of gets away because he got lucky where he just like shoots the guy and he just happens to see like a gas barrel that he can shoot and explode and cause a distraction and get away but yeah i think that mm -hmm. first action sequence is by far the best one and the soundtrack too the soundtrack during yeah. that sequence is great uh, i mean honestly i would say the parkour sequence is probably my favorite scene in the movie as well and what's interesting about it it's like it's the first scene and you think like is the movie going to be able to keep up with this amazing action scene and it, it, it does do a pretty good job of like maintaining your interest despite like the best scene already having happened you know so yeah I mean it I guess I would pick the same scene but it's hard I just I love this whole movie I think all of it just works yeah I mean there I have so many favorite scenes 
in this movie that are just right. iconic. That's for sure. It's it's hard to pick just one. Okay, so we've mentioned um, you now. Obviously, we both really like Daniel Craig as Bond, but mm-hmm. you know this this movie features a few pretty pretty solid actors, mm-hmm. and I was just wondering if there was anyone in the film that any actor in the film that particularly you consider yourself a fan of. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Okay. Mads motherfucking Mickelson. <laughs> I don't know if I can cuss on this podcast, but Mads Mikkelsen. You know what? Everyone always asks, and it's totally fine. It's, we'll just put a content warning. It's no big deal. <laughs> Yash, you're just a very wholesome guy, so I just, uh, I don't know if we we're bringing those vibes to the podcast please, as well. But please speak freely. Then, yeah, Mads motherfucking Mickelson. He's such a great actor. Like, I've I've seen him in a couple other things. Like, I've seen him in um, Hannibal. He was awesome. I've heard that's really good. And that as well. He just kills it, and whatever role he is in and he did an absolutely great job as the chief in this movie as well because once again like he does feel very human like even though he is a villain in the movie like even he has bosses that he has to answer to i have the money so short another million shares of skyfleet stock sir you must know you're betting against the market no one expects this stock to go anywhere but up just do it He's in charge of finances and he mm-hmm. is at this poker game because I think after the second big action sequence, like at the airport, I think that they were supposed to blow up a plane. And since Bond stopped that, Lashif lost a lot of money, a lot of his clients' money. Mm-hmm. And that's what prompted him to go enter the poker game uh, to try to win it all back because he is also a really good poker player. But yeah, even in the middle of the poker game, there comes a point where like one of the guys that gave him money like from the very beginning of the movie comes to his room with like a machete and like another guy and is like you need to get my money back or you know we're gonna we're gonna come for you we're watching you Mm -hmm. you know so it's like he's not this like like you said he's not like the previous villains like a super cheesy campy villain like he is a villain with his own motivations of why he's doing things and um his own personality like he's he feels very human for i guess like a better word for sure. I mean, I will I will admittedly say I have not seen much of Mads Mikkelsen's work, but he's really good in this movie and it does make me curious to see what else he's worked on and what he's done. I, don't, I mean, I'm going to go with the kind of generic answer, but I love Daniel Craig. You know, before I saw Knives Out last year, I thought he's always kind of the stoic, like mysterious guy. And mm. then he comes out and Knives Out and is just like so capable of being hilarious and I was very surprised to see that. Detective Blank, you said the investigation is ongoing. You made a point of that. Do you suspect foul play? Mr. Blank, if you please. There is much that remains unclear, but yes, I suspect foul play. Very pleasantly surprised. I think he's, he's an impressive actor. I think Bond is where I mainly know him from. But, um, you know, I know he has a lot of older films that are like early 2000s and, maybe, you know, maybe we're checking out. I haven't yet. And there's a lot of movies out there. It's hard to keep up with all of them. Have yeah. you seen a movie called Logan Lucky with yes. Channing Tatum, Adam Driver? That's yes. I thought his performance rate in that too. That was my first time seeing him uh, outside of a mm-hmm. Bond film. And that's when I was like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Logan Lucky is another good example of him being just an outrageous, funny character. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm glad he's doing one more. Um, I hope it's good. I don't know if we'll ever get to see it, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know. I think based on the pattern of Bond movies so far, at least with his franchise, we should, 
we should be on the come up for a good one because Casino Royale is amazing. Quantum of Solace, not so much. Skyfall, really good. Spectre, not so much. So if it holds it, true, no time to die should be good. It's been a while since I've watched it. I don't think Spectre is nearly as good as Casino Royale or Skyfall, but I remember liking it more than Quantum at the very least. Like, mm. I don't know. A lot of people hate Spectre as well. So it's, it's also been, again, it's been five years. I, didn't, I haven't watched it since I saw it in the theater. I have, I think I have equal dislike for both of them. Okay. Just because with Casino Royale and Skyfall, I'm just like, right. here is what it could be. Like the, 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 <laughs> the discrepancy is very real regardless. Even if you like all four of these films, it's hard not to notice how like two of them are like way better than the rest. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's really is night and day, and I think mm-hmm. I think that's just what like eats me up is like ah oh, man, like you have Daniel Craig, like you have this mm-hmm. like franchise, and like this is how amazing these movies can be, mm-hmm. and then this is what we get for two. Yeah, out of it's four. frustrating because at least like you know you could say with Quantum of Solace, it's not the same director as Casino Royale, but like Skyfall and Spectre both were directed by Sam Mendes. Mm. Which makes you think, like, what what happened? Like, you know, like, you make one of the best Bonds of all time and then, like, a pretty standard action movie, I would say. I don't mm. know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, again, I haven't seen Spectre in so long. And as long as Daniel Craig goes out on a high note with no time to die, I'll be, I'll be content. <laughs> all will be balanced in the world. Yeah. I don't want to get my expectations up, but I am hoping (laughs) I I am hoping that it is good because we have a great song for it by performed by Billie Eilish. Yeah, I mean controversial opinion, I'm not a I'm not a huge Billie Eilish fan. I like her. Yeah. I I thought the theme was okay. Really? I actually I mean I I don't I don't normally listen to Billie mm -hmm. Eilish's music either. I think she's a cool person. Fun fact. My mom has actually met Billie Eilish. Like, I have a picture of her and Billie um, hugging after at one of her, like, meet and greets and stuff. Yeah, your mom um, and just, You've met Kendrick, dude. Just, you got to tell us more, dude. Yeah, that, we'll say that for another podcast. <laughs> but um, just so in my eyes right there, just because, like, she's cool to yeah. hug my mom, like, that's, that's a bunch of points for Billie right there. She's like a good person, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I really, really, really like her performance on this new upcoming theme for No Time to Die. I think it's really good. I honestly, like, I haven't, I don't want to say something too early, but I mean, it is, it is up there with the Bond I mean, themes for me. I really to, like it. To be fair, though, sometimes these songs improve in, in the context of the movie when mm. you hear with the intros. Because I remember, I, I didn't like writing on the wall at first. And then I saw it in the movie and I'm like, this song is pretty solid. It's not Skyfall good. But it's like, I guess it makes sense for what the movie's trying to do. But yeah, it's it's weird having how it all played out. How You know, we got the song, we got the trailers, and now it's we're going to have to wait a full year before it's we the, the movie. It's a waiting game. Yeah, but the song is good. We have some pretty solid actors joining the cast for this next one. Rami Malek and Ana de Armas. I just finished Mr. Robot and Rami Malek is a king. It's all, it's all that can be said. <sighs> oh man, I need to finish it too. So with with that being said, I, I am hoping that it will be a good one that he will end on a high note. But who knows? He might <laughs> they might set it up to make another Bond film afterwards because who I mean, knows how long they want to build it for. You know, I was looking about I was reading about the movie and this movie is it is gonna be the longest one, which is a little concerning. Okay. Not like it determines the movie's quality. Casino Royale is two hours and twenty-four minutes, and I think mm-hmm. it moves extremely it warrants its runtime. It doesn't feel over long. I don't but I don't think that is a common thing, though, because I it's think not, before I watched Casino Royale, I saw how long it was, and I was like, ooh, 
like this has the potential to you know feel like it's dragging out but i've watched it multiple times and the two hours and 24 minutes go by so quickly because you really don't feel it at all yeah some movies are two and a half hours and feel like four so yes <laughs> so yes definitely definitely possible yeah bollywood movies some bollywood movies are long and it's actually it's actually worthwhile but a lot of them are over long that's a whole other subject matter. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, also one thing that's, I think of Bollywood, I mainly think of my dad, because he loves Bollywood, and he loves mm. the, Bond, the Bond movies he's seen as well. And he mm. was telling me, you know, this, this franchise has been around for you know, well over 50 years, which is just kind of an amazing thing. He was telling me about how he saw Diamonds Are Forever, which is a Sean Connery Bond film, like in the theater in India. And I just think it's so cool how wow. this franchise has spanned generations. And mm. I think that's why there's an inherent expectation for every film because it can go in any direction because it's already gone in so many directions and you just don't know what to expect. Are you going to get like a goofy, cheesy Bond? Which with Daniel Craig, probably not. But in the past, it was kind of like hit or miss with the tones they, they went for. There must be some mistake. I didn't order any. No mistake, sir. On the specific instructions and with the compliments of Mr. Willard White. Oysters on the loose. For dessert, the piece de resistance. Our bomba surprise. Well, he certainly left with his tails between his legs. Yeah. My question is, is when are we going to get like an Indian bond, you um, know? After everything that Britain has done to India, you, the least they could do is cast an Indian actor for the next there, there James have been, Bond. Um, there have been Indian spy <laughs> films, none, none of which that I've seen that are really that good. But um, there's two over the top. There, there's a limit, you know? There's... <laughs> yeah. But I think one thing about Bond, and for the most part, it sticks to a formula you know, and it just, mm. it just works. There's, you know, there's always going to be the intro song. There's always going to be the new Bond girl. And there's always going to be a lot of action and like a new villain, which is less true in the older ones. Because what's interesting about Spectre, they tried to bring back Blofeld, which is like a well-known Bond villain in the older films. And they kind of wasted Christoph Waltz, who was extremely talented in that movie. He didn't really get to do much. And I know he is in the next movie. I don't know how much he'll be in it, but I, I don't know. One thing I am concerned about the next one is whenever movies try to incorporate too many villains, it's pretty hit or miss. Mm. You know, we have the Spider-Man 3s and we have the Dark Knights. So, you know, like, it's just, is a jug. I hope it just doesn't try to take on more than it can handle. I agree. And it's been a while since I've seen Spectre, but from what I do remember, like, they kind of, like, what do they what do they do with the story like I, I think christoph waltz's character came out and he's like oh yeah i planned out everything that has happened to you and i was just like what <laughs> oh, that's a little far-fetched but um, yeah. um but yeah um i think like bond like falls in love or something i don't know mm. it's been a while since i've watched it i'll need to revisit it you know what happens when a cuckoo hatches inside another bird's nest it forces the other eggs out yes well this cuckoo made me realize my father's life had to end. In a way, he's responsible for the path I took. So thank you, cuckoo. Okay, um, this, is, this is kind of a, a question that I thought of recently because I was texting my brother about Bond, who also, at that, he also sat with me that summer and watched all of them. So, <laughs> you know, at one point it does become repetitive, so we had to change it up, but we watched mm -hmm. all of them that summer. 
Mm. And I was just, he was telling me, you know, I like Bond, but I prefer Mission Impossible. So I'm just curious, you know, what's real quick, what's your take on the two franchises? And I guess, because I love the last three Mission Impossibles quite a bit. And I think they're at least maybe not as good as Casino Royale, but they're very close. So I'm just curious, what are your thoughts on the two franchises and what stands out to you about Casino Royale opposed to like Mission Impossible or like any other spy movie? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. What makes it special? Mm. I'm not sure. I don't know if I can say if it's one thing or like a bunch of a lot of small things, right? Mm -hmm. I think, but there is just like something that I can't quite put my finger on and put a name to Mm -hmm. that I just really love about Casino Royale. I think just at the end of the day, I just think it's really cool. Just from like every little aspect, like the locations that he goes to, the action sequences you know, how they, like, portray him. Like, just Bond is, like, a very cool person in general. Like, you know, it's it's very, very much to that, like, fantasy of, like, men want to be this guy, yeah. women want to be with this guy type of thing. Until he gets, like, tortured at the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to be him at that point. The cars that he drives, skills that he has, it's just, like, very cool, just, like, overall. I guess if I would have to give a reason of why I just like it more than Mission Impossible, I guess it's just because of that. Yeah. I don't get that vibe as much from the Mission Impossible Mm -hmm. movies as I do from the Bond ones. That makes sense. Ever since the beginning of the franchise, they always try to make him out to be a cool character who, like, you would think it's cool to be him. I think Daniel Craig does a good job of portraying that. Um, Yeah. And I think, too, it also plays into the rewatchability of it for me where each time you watch it, like you're kind of discovering like a, a new small detail that you missed the previous time. And I don't think that I would find that with Mission Impossible. Like one detail that I saw was, um, it was during the poker game scene. I think it was like quite early on and Bond had just lost a decent amount of money, not enough to where he gets like cleaned out by Lashif later on, but he had lost a decent amount of money. And so because he had just lost kind of big, you know, maybe his perception in other people's eyes had kind of lowered so he calls a waiter over to the table and orders a drink. And he doesn't just order any old easy yeah. drink. He's like, I want this mixed with two ounces of this with this yeah. dash of this and that and the other. Mm-hmm. Makes a super long, complicated drink. <laughs> and everyone's like, it's, yeah, everyone's like, oh, okay. And I think it's, apparently it's just because like he had just lost. So he kind of wanted to regain some sense of control. Mm. And by ordering this, like, really complicated drink made people think that, like, wow, here's a guy who, like, knows what he's talking about. Or, you know, like, it, it, mm. it kind of brings that sense of control back into his, like, court again. Dry martini. Oui, monsieur. Wait. Three measures of Gordon's, one of vodka, half a measure of quinoa lily, shake it over rice, and then add a thin slice of lemon peel. Yes, sir. You know, I'll have one of those. So will I. And then it's like such a big contrast, like later on when he actually does get cleaned out by Lashif, where he goes to the bar and he's like, can I get a vodka martini? And the guy is like shaking or stirred and he's like, does it look like I give a damn? <laughs> it's kind of funny because it kind of goes, goes back to how this was supposed to be the first Bond movie because it's always shaken, not stirred. And it's just mm. kind of funny how he hasn't like developed that taste yet, I guess. Maybe he's just mad. Like, for whatever reason, it's just kind of fun to see, like, a little callback to the character in a funny way. Yeah, yeah, I think it shows that, like, he really doesn't care, like, what the hell he's drinking. He consciously made a decision to order that really complicated drink just because it's, like, a power play. And then when it really comes down to it, when he is, like, pissed off and, you know, he has lost everything, 
mm-hmm. and the guy's like you know shaking her sturdy he's like i really don't care just like i just need a drink right now <laughs> yeah for sure like one line that's very iconic in the bond franchise is when he says his name you know, the name's bond james bond and i love the way they do it in this movie how it's right at the end because he goes through a lot with vesper and then yeah. he, he has to kind of bounce back and recover and then he just comes he just comes out looking confident and you know, he says the line so perfectly and it's not said at all until that moment because it feels very intentional how the character was figuring out who he is. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you watch, um, if you watch Dr. No, the very first Bond film, you know, Sean Connery says it, it sounds super cool, but he, he says it like in the first or second scene, like it's pretty early on. So it's just a good contrast to how the character like truly has to like go through some trials and tribulations before he feels like, okay, I'm James Bond. I'm, like, I'm in business, you know? I admire your luck. Mr. Bond. James Bond. The name's Bond. James Bond. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Like, when he does say it at the end, like, there, it does feel like, okay, he is is now James Bond. Like, he has now stepped into being James Bond. Like, even though he mentioned it, he dropped his name, like, before Mm -hmm. uh, other parts of the movie, like, now that he's saying it, like, he actually is James Bond based off, like, everything that he's gone through i think that's a really really cool way to end the movie yeah get you excited for you know a mediocre sequel (laughs) 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 oh boy (laughs) because as i remember quantum solace takes place like right after this movie yeah yeah because he's like chasing down someone who was involved with like vesper or whatever trying to get revenge or something i think like i don't know i've kind of like blocked out that movie just because like it's so bad (laughs) yeah it's just like it takes place right after but five minutes in into it you see you see the first action scene and you're like this is not the same this is definitely (laughs) not the same (laughs) yeah yeah i love the ending of this movie and while it does lead to a iffy sequel it's not the last great Daniel Craig Bond film and hopefully there's one more left so you know agreed this is a question I always like to ask on here you know it's kind of a hard question because people are typically talking about either their favorite movie or one of their favorite movies yeah you know I was wondering if you believe there is anything in this movie that could have been changed or improved or do you think it's like a perfect movie and either answer is valid it's just I'm just curious on your thoughts oh that is a great question. 12 seconds later. I'm curious to hear your answer, but my first response that I want to say is no. I think it is perfect. <laughs> like I or if it's not perfect, then I personally wouldn't change anything. Yeah, I'm just I'm just going to I'm just going to go with that. I'm going to double down. And I'm just going to say no, I would not change anything. I think it's a great movie. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of with you there because as someone who's seen all the Bond films and has seen like you know the highs and the low points of the franchise to this day, this is my favorite Bond film for a reason. Like I can't think of any scene that's wasting time or not driving the plot forward in some way. Mm, yeah. I think it's a movie that truly earns its two and a half hour runtime because you know everything is either developing the character or moving the plot forward which is important for like a first movie in a franchise like this yeah you feel like every scene every detail has had a lot of thought mm-hmm. put into it and everything is in a scene or in place or a piece of dialogue is spoken right. with like a purpose in mind of accomplishing mm-hmm. something or moving something forward yeah, I agree. There's like, there's no like wasted time on screen in all of like that two hours. Right. Like none of it is wasted. And I think like, that is, that says a lot about the director and the screenwriters and like just everything. Right. Cause there's not just Bond films. There's many action movies that I, I do enjoy, but there there's lots of time wasted in those movies for sure. 
Mm. Like a lot of those movies, I'm just waiting for the action scenes, which in this movie, I love the action scenes, but even when they're just talking or even when they're just playing poker, I feel like I really want to know where this is going next. It's, it's constantly exciting. Yeah, I mean, the dialogue is important in this movie. Like, if you miss something, you, you might miss a major plot point, which is kind of a rarity, I feel like, in action movies. Yeah, one of my favorite scenes um, that ends and one of my favorite pieces of dialogue in the movie is when he's on the train uh, heading to the poker game and he meets Vesper for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he meets this woman who, I guess, for the first time is actually, he feels challenged by, like they have a mm-hmm. good, you know, banter back and forth and they're kind of like analyzing each other. And he sees that she's someone that kind of matches his intellect and his wit and stuff like that. And one of my my favorite pieces of dialogue in this movie is towards the end of their conversation where he asks her like oh well what have you you know summarized about me and then she just goes into like all this stuff and details which you know we can assume from his facial expressions and their interaction that she kind of hit the nail on the head she goes into all this stuff and then she wraps it up by saying like yeah so anyways how is your lamb and then he's like skewered one sympathizes and like he's talking about the lamb but i guess he's also kind of talking about himself in a way you know after she just like skewered him with like you know this pinpoint accuracy on all the details that she assumed about him yeah by the cut of his suit you went to oxford or wherever and actually think human beings dressed like that but you were it with such disdain my guess is you didn't come from money and your school friends never let you forget it which means you were at that school by the grace of someone else's charity hence the chip on your shoulder and since your first thought about me ran to orphan, that's what I'd say you are. For sure. That's a really good scene because it, it lets us learn a little bit about the characters. But you know, in general, his relationship with Vesper really changes him. And I was watching yeah. a review. I want to say it was Chris Duckman, but it could have been someone else. Yes. But, shout out Chris Duckman. Yeah, shout out it's Chris Duckmanized. Duckman. I've been Duckmanized for years. So please check out our podcast. But um, yeah, he said, he, you know, this movie, you know, in all the movies, Bond is like a playboy who just treats women like disposably, which is, it's you know, it's kind of a toxic trait, low key. Right. But in this movie, you know, it shows that he does fall in love with Vesper. He's ready to quit his job. He like signs yeah. his resignation letter at, near the end. And, you know, he gets so attached and he gets so like, his trust is just destroyed almost instantly. Yeah. Which the review I was watching, he said like this movie tries to justify why Bond is so cold to women from this point forward because he had such a bad experience the first time he got attached and now he just tries to not be emotionally attached which is kind of interesting it's not the same direction as the other films the other films it's like okay new girl bond's gonna have a moment with her at some point like romantically most likely i know that's like a stereotype in a lot of the older ones is where he's known as like a playboy and he kind of sleeps around with like all these different women and i think like a good sequence of scenes that shows that this bond is something different than the previous mm-hmm. ones is when he goes home with um, that one guy's wife after he mm-hmm. plays that little mini poker game and he wins that guy's car right. and then he takes like that guy's wife or girlfriend home like, with him significant and other we'll just say yeah significant other and you know they're they're fooling around and stuff like that but Bond's main goal here is to get information from her about her husband right. and so he's doing that through you know using all of his assets after he gets the information you know she goes off into the bedroom and he orders like champagne and caviar and i think the guy on the other line asks for two and he's like what like he's surprised like there's like a there's like a tone of surprise in his voice like what two he's like no just for one and then he hangs up and the next scene is he's on the road he's chasing after this guy he's got a job to do and i think that like really showed that like this bond is someone different we're gonna need some more champagne 
Good evening. Can I get a bottle of chilled Bollinger Cordonnay? And the beluga caviar? With everything? Yes, with everything. And would that be the truth, sir? What? We probably expected him to, like, you know, continue, you know, being with that oh, girl and probably 100%. sleep with her. Yeah. As far as what the character is on other films, like, any other Bond would have spent the night. Yeah. Have, like, forgotten about the mission for a hot second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I, I definitely think they tried to do something different with the new character. They tried to justify a lot of the stereotypes of Bond, in a way. I don't know. Mm, like, yes. I really like it for that reason. But, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, changing the movie... You know, I could talk night and day about what I would change in Quantum of Solace or Spectre, <laughs> but um, for this particular film, there's there's really not anything. It's a five out of five film for me, which the only five out of five bonds for me are this one and Skyfall, actually. Yeah. Um, I think every other one, there's improvement to be made in some at some level, but there's many great Bond films that I've enjoyed. The franchise has gone, is if you have the time, which, you know, most people probably don't, it is interesting to watch from the beginning to end because you see kind of how like film techniques and film trend change over the years. So I think it's worth checking out. Okay, so we're, we're getting close to the conclusion of our discussion of Casino Royale today. And our last question that I wanted to ask you is, you know, if you had to convince someone who hasn't seen this movie to watch it, what would you tell them? Or like, what's your sales pitch for the movie? Oh, that's a really good question. Well, I would tell them that I can 100% guarantee they will not be disappointed by this movie. Mm -hmm. It has a lot of things that you would want in a movie. Great characters, great locations, great action pieces, great story, like a great twist, like iconic scenes that kind of pay homage to the previous franchises and, Mm -hmm. you know, also show that this is something new and different. Yeah, all that stuff. I would just start off by saying I can 100% guarantee you won't be disappointed. Just watch this movie. Mm -hmm. And then if that's not enough, then I would go into those details. But I feel like you really don't need to say anything more than that. Like, you will love this movie. Yeah, I would say something along the lines of it's a movie that you will not be bored for like a single second of the movie. Yeah. And for me, you know, every time there was a new Bond in history, they tried to do something to like introduce this Bond to the world, I guess. I don't know. Like the first movie for every actor, it always feels like, okay, I'm like, I'm entering a new era of Bond. And I felt like with Daniel Craig, it's the freshest and boldest take they did throughout the history of the franchise. Mm, It didn't play it safe and it worked out for the best because it was something much darker, much more violent and much grittier, but also something that's more complex and fast paced. Yeah, I agree. Because a lot of the older Bond films they're they don't have many action scenes they're very more of like the spy element like he's moving around the world and he's investigating but in this movie it's just like from the get-go there's action for like a whole hour of just straight up action scenes and then it moves into the main plot which is a poker game which is equally exciting and then it wraps up with like a you know really intense final act and it just keeps you on the edge of your seat so if you like movies and if you like action movies this is one of the top tier ones that's probably what i would say mm. Yeah, that's a great simple speech. I suppose your presence here means I made the naughty list. We don't mind a little mischief, Jaden. Flashing your wee-wee at the maid, that's one step too far. And where is my mother? I see. And how did she die? Not well. She made you work for it, did she? You'll find I'm not so easy. They say the second one is always considerably. With that, we're wrapping up our discussion of Casino Royale. 
want to thank everyone for listening. Thanks, Kieran, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure as always. From all of us at Cinema Convos, we hope you tune in next time. Mm-hmm.